You guys repeat after me. Say, today is a good day to have a good day. You're going to have a good day today, amen? Amen. Let's just, can I just pray real quick? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this amazing Sunday, Lord God, this beautiful day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, God. I thank you for every person in this room, God, and we just pray, Lord, that as we dig into your word, God, we just pray, Father, that we would hear your heart, and we pray, Lord God, that every word that goes forth would enter our heart, Lord God, and that it would cause us to be compelled, Father God, to be closer to you and to be able to be someone, Lord God, who connects you with people all around us, Father. We we give you glory this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today we are starting a whole new series. And this series is important to us because it speaks to the heart of our church. And it's about inspiring transformed lives, which we've talked about just over the last six weeks. But, but this is about all of us coming together and making a difference in our cities. So today we're going to explore some supernatural ideas about reaching people in a series called Let's Go. Can you guys say Let's Go? Let's Go. All right, we're going to start off with a wonderful story in the Bible. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. If not, we do have, um, we do have the verses on the screen. It's in the book of Mark, and it's a little bit long, but let's read it. It's in Mark chapter 2, verses, 11, verses 1 through 12. It says, And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Can you guys say, in the house? Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they had reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise. Take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Can you guys imagine? I want you guys to like just imagine this image. We read it, and sometimes we just kind of skim through it really just slowly, not even slowly, quickly, and we're like, okay, that's kind of cool. But imagine this. Imagine this building right now, and imagine it's so full of people that you cannot even walk in the door. And imagine what resides in this room is healing for someone that you love, healing from someone that you love. And they come to, you come to the door, and you have your, your loved one, and you're like, I just need to get in that room, and I need to get to the healer. I need to get to the healer. And they can't get in. 
and it's tough and it's like, what's going on? I know, I know that I just need to get my loved one to the healer. And so they go up into the roof. Can you guys imagine this? Finding a way to get up to the roof because you know that if you can just get in there, that it's going to make all the difference for the person that you love. So he gets to the roof. They get to the roof. And this is not just them. They are carrying the person they love, their friend, who cannot walk, who cannot move, who's heavy. They're carrying him on the roof. And they begin to tear it apart. And they lower him down. And Jesus sees their faith. So this man's life is transformed because they said this to him. They seen him in his pain. And they said, let's go. Can you guys say, let's go? Let's go. That's what we're talking about. Let's go. It's pretty cool. Bringing people to Jesus is one of the greatest joys in life. Do you guys agree with that? Do you guys remember when you came to know Jesus, if you have? I remember, and I think I've told you guys, but I remember for me it was like I needed a savior. I needed someone who could change me because I was in a bad situation. And I, I remember that moment. And so, and so when we bring people to Jesus and we see what they saw, It's like this greatest joy comes in us. And I think that we have to understand more about this man to understand their joy. To understand why they were so excited. The whole room was happy, but to understand why his friends were so excited that he once finally received freedom. So let's think about this man. Because this man had been in this state for a while. And he had a lot of, he was, he was impaired, right? He was physically and emotionally impaired. And impaired means this. It means diminished in function or ability. Lacking full functional or structural integrity. In other words, this man was not whole. He was missing something. There was something in him that wasn't whole. There was something in him that there was something in him that didn't allow him to be the whole person that he was designed to be. So he had an outward impairment, which we, which was obvious. He couldn't walk. He laid there, and he had to depend on people to take care of him. He had an outward impairment that was obvious, but he also had an inward impairment. And I think that's where a lot of us in this room can relate because we've been there and we've seen people around us that, that, that we know have an inward hurt. And this man had an inward hurt because can you, in those days, if you had that type of condition, you were an outcast. It wasn't that they made room for you or accommodations for you because you couldn't walk or you couldn't do anything like that. They literally thought that it was, it was a reason why you were in that state. So they made you be farther away. You weren't a part of the life of the community. You weren't a part of the neighborhood. You weren't a part of any kind of um, families, whatever. They, They wanted you to be away because they thought that that meant something was wrong with you. And so he had a lot of things going on on the inside of him because he wasn't accepted. And so you can imagine that if he's hearing these things his whole life, that if he had this impairment that something was wrong, then he probably had a lot of shame. And he probably thought, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me that I would be the one that had to be in this condition? What is wrong with me that would cause me to have to live this life? And so he had shame, I'm sure. There was all of that going on on the inside of him. I would imagine that he probably suffered with discouragement. Seeing people all around him experiencing life 
and he's there and he can't move. I'm sure he, have you ever been discouraged? I was discouraged last week. I was so discouraged. I don't even know why. I do know why. But I was discouraged. And I understand discouraged. So there was fear in his life because discouragement is the absence of courage. That means that you've made a decision in your heart that you can no longer go forward because you're so discouraged with what you're seeing all around you. But this is a big one, and this is what I believe um, really speaks to me when I read this story. And I believe that this man was tired. Tired. Just this week, this past week, these past five days, I encountered two people that I care about. Different situations, one 14, one probably in their 40s. And they both said to me and my husband, I'm so tired. Now, when we think about tired, we think about a physical state, right? But there is a tiredness that happens sometimes on the inside of us, and that is when our soul is tired. Our soul can become tired. Our soul sometimes, become, it feels like we go on in life over and over and we do the things we're always doing, but for some reason, nothing ever seems to go right. And there's something in us that just like is missing something. There's something in us that feels alone, that feels tired, that feels lonely, that feels discouraged. There's something in us that no matter what we can do, we can't shake it. It's a tiredness, and that's a tiredness of our soul. It's nothing to do with our physical outward abilities, You can wake up, you can sleep for 10 hours or 12 hours and you can wake up and still be tired if your soul is tired. Because the truth is, is when we see things on the outside, it's because of what's happening on on the inside of our hearts. It's an inward thing. And so tiredness can be an internal thing. Have you ever felt tired and said, you know what? I just need a place of rest. I just need somewhere to go. Or maybe you're afraid, and you guys just need somewhere to go where it's safe. I remember I, I told you guys um, last time I was up here about my, my life, my, my uh, history, my upbringing, my home life, right? And in my home, there was a lot of domestic violence. And I remember one time, um, it was a big, it was a bad one. And it was crazy, and my parents were physically fighting, and I remember being scared, me and my little brother. And I, had a, I have an older sister, and one day, when it was really, really bad, it was, probably, it was late, in the, it was in the middle of the night, so it was dark outside, and we were afraid, and we were just like, just scared. And she grabbed our hands, and she said, let's go. And she took us, and she, we left the house in the middle of the night, and we ended up running to our grandmother's house. And we're, like, crossing busy intersections, and, like, we're just running. And we get there, and my grandma opens a door, and she knows. We didn't have to tell her. She knew what was happening in our house because she's heard the stories over and over again. And we get there, and she opens the door, and she says, come on in. And we go in, and immediately we felt safety. And we felt security. And there was a light. The light was on. And it didn't feel dark anymore. And we knew that we were in a safe environment. Once we walked through those doors, we knew. And we, when we found a place of refuge in that moment, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And can I tell you guys that there is a place of refuge for us today. 
When life seems dark, scary, and unsure, that place of refuge is God's house. And God's house is the ultimate place of rest, safety, blessing, and provision. Do you guys agree? You guys come here because you guys agree. The presence of God is in the house of God. The presence of God is with us wherever we go, but there's a special presence of God when we come together as a body corporately. There's an, there's an atmosphere. He says, when two or three come together, there I am in the midst of them. And so we come to this place, to our house, to the house of God, and we experience his goodness. Let's see what the Bible says about God's house. Psalm 36, 7 says this, how precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. Psalm 122.1, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Isaiah 2.3 says this, many nations will say, come. Let's go up to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways and we may walk in God's path. Amen? God's house is a good place. And so many of our friends, guys, that are all around us are looking for rest. And I I challenge you even in this moment to think about some people that are around you. And you may think, you know what? They are in a bad situation. You may think, you know what, they're angry and they're bitter and they don't even want any of this stuff, but they need rest. There's something in them that needs rest. And we know that rest for our souls can only be found in God. Do you guys agree? If you guys think about what we see every day around us, there's so much stuff going on. If you watch the news, how many of you guys watch the news? Is it ever good? (laughs) sometimes, very rarely, depends on what you think good is, (laughs) but every day we're, we're flooded with what's happening all around us. There's people that are committing murders, people that are doing crazy things. There's people that are dying when they don't deserve to die. There's, there's all these things happening. And when you think even about our young people and what they're experiencing and they, they go to school and they experience all these things that they shouldn't be experiencing at this age and it's causing them to feel insecure. It's causing them to feel like they don't belong, like they're not enough. Like they, it's causing them to tap into things that they shouldn't be tapping into, which then causes shame All of these things are happening all around us. But this is where we come in. Because God sees, seen all of us when we're in that dark place, right? He says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He says, I brought you out of darkness, right? I brought you out into my marvelous light so that then you can go and proclaim my goodness. So that you can take what I gave you and then give back to the world that needs it. We have something that is so valuable on the inside of us, guys. We have something that is the answer to what people are searching for over and over. And sometimes we get discouraged or sometimes we don't allow our voice to be heard because there's fear, there's insecurity, and we're not sure. But God has given us a voice for a reason. Everyone in this room, God has called you, he has chosen you, he's given you a voice for a reason. There's only us that he created, mankind, that has a voice. And the animals don't have a voice. 
The plants don't have a voice. The trees don't have a voice. The fish don't have a voice. The birds don't have a voice. Nothing has a voice but mankind. And God gave us a voice because our voice is powerful. And our voice has the power of life and death, right? And when we speak, we can speak life. And there's people all around us all the time that need to hear a word of encouragement. You don't have to preach to them. But there's something in you that can bring hope, that can bring encouragement, that can say there's another way. Let me take you to a house. Let me take you to someone that I know that is the answer and his name is Jesus. So this is where we come in. And when we read this story, there's, there's three things that I want to talk about. Three things that are important truths. And the first one is this. It says, it's friends bring the connection. Most of the time, people come to church because they're invited. Has anyone ever walked in a church without being invited, either like by a friend or social media or a mailer? I'm glad Jesse has. <laughs> and they Jean. <laughs> the Lord led them, which is very good and that happens, but most commonly someone invites you. Someone sees you when they say, do you want to come with me? They probably seen that you were hurting a little bit. They probably seen that you needed some, some peace. They probably seen something in you that they knew that God can help. And so they invited you to church. So friends bring the connection. Verse 3 said, then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. This connection was what made all the difference for this man. There, those friends seeing him and saying, let's go, changed his life. They didn't change his life, but the connection allowed the opportunity for God to change his life. So by them saying, let's go and come with me, God was able to come in and heal that man, amen? They knew where to find Jesus, and so they brought him. They understood they had the answer, and we know that we have the answer for those that are paralyzed, meaning they can't move. So it's either physical or it's internal, but people become paralyzed and they feel hopeless and they can't go on but Jesus is the answer imagine this imagine that you have a loved one or a friend that has a terrible disease and you have a cure are you going to withhold that from them of course not and that's the same thing with this we have the answer Jesus is the cure Jesus is the one who can come in and heal every hurt, every sorrow, every internal impairment, every external impairment. Jesus is a healer, and he is awesome. So that's one thing, right? And then the thing, this is cool, is that we bring those we love. His friends loved him enough to say, let's go to that house where Jesus is. Let's go. And they loved him in spite of his infirmity. I talked about how back in those days, it was like, if you had an infirmity like that, you were an outcast, but not for these friends. Even if you think about it now, if you look around, and maybe not so much in this area right here, but there's, if you, even if you just go to Phoenix or even a little bit further out, but you'll see people that are homeless on the corners asking for money. You'll see people that are, that are hurting, that are broken. You'll see people that are drug addicts. You'll see people that are not good parents. You'll see people that maybe their, their kids deserve a better home. You'll see all of these people that are hurting, and you'll see all these people that are doing bad things. And sometimes we say, 
just stay over there. I'm not going to go near that little homeless encampment. I'm not going to have my friends uh, be friends with those kids because their parents don't watch them. (laughs) And who knows what's going to happen. I'm not going to be associated with them because of their behavior, because what they're involved in. And so we say, get away. Let's just, you stay there. I'll pray for you from here, but you stay there. Not these men. These men saw this man on the mat and they loved him. And it didn't matter what he looked like. It didn't matter what everyone thought that if, that if he was that way, it must be because he sinned. It must be because his parents sinned. It didn't matter. They loved him enough to say, I don't mind your infirmity. I see you and I'm going to help you and I'm going to take you to the one who can heal you. Because the truth is this, and this is something that we all have to understand and, and really get in our hearts, is that when you see an outward sign of someone that's destructive, it's because something internally is going on that is causing them to do those things. It's an internal situation. It's not an outward thing. They don't just do it because they want to do it. There's something on the inside that causes that symptom to rise up and manifest in their lives. We have to understand when we see someone who's behaving in a certain way, it's deeper than just the behavior. And these men understood that they seen. They're like, no, I, I know. His soul is probably tired. Her soul is probably tired because she hasn't been with Jesus. She doesn't know Jesus. The only one that can come in and can fill all those voids and all those holes and heal all those wounds because all of those wounds and holes cause us to behave in a certain way that is not pleasing to the people around us. And they understood that. And we have to see that sometimes, right? So they loved him in spite of their, in spite of his infirmity. So can I just tell you guys something? Do not get discouraged when you see people around you and you think there is no way, there is no hope. There's no way that this person is ever going to find freedom or ever become the husband that I want or the wife that I want or that I deserve. This person's never going to become that kid who was whatever successful and they're always going to be the the troublemakers and they're always going to be the black sheep. No. They're always going to be addicted. No. That's not true. Because Jesus can come in and he can heal the inside of us and inside of them and cause them to become the person that he created them to be. Do you guys agree with that? When God formed them in their mother's womb, he had a plan. He had a thought, an identity. He had a purpose for that person. And just because they're not walking in it now, it doesn't mean that his purpose and promise is forgotten. He is ready to come into their life and show them, this is the way and this is what I've called you to be and to do. And I'm going to do the work that I started in you from when you were in your mother's womb. But the truth is, as we come into a world where there's sin and there's hurt and things happen, and because we're wounded, it's hard for us sometimes to see who God sees in us. But we have the answer. We have the answer, which is Jesus. And so they were a friend to someone who needed a friend. They were a friend who someone to someone who had no friend. Ecclesiastes 9, 4, 9 through 10 says this. I love this verse. It's, it's titled The Value of a Friend. And it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help 
him up. The most important thing we can do in life, guys, is to bring a friend to Jesus. The most important thing. We may think, oh, if I just give them money. Oh, if I just go and spend time with them and, and, and love on them. If I just do these, these things. All of those things will waste away, but Jesus, the love of Jesus will never waste away. And that's really what they need in this situation. Do you guys think that our house, that Gateway can be a house where people can come in and feel the love of God and feel the presence of God and get the deliverance from God and get the healing from God and get the hope from God in this place? Can they come in here and can they experience that? Do you guys think they can? With all of your faith in this room, they can experience that in an instant. And that is why the house of God is so important. It's so important. Number two, that was number one. Number two, faith brings the breakthrough. So in verse four, it says, when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed. So the man did have faith because when Jesus said, get up, take your, get up and take your mat and walk, he did it. He had faith. But before he got to that house, he didn't have enough faith. And his friends had to come in and be an extra strength of faith for him. So the man had faith, but his faith was not enough to change his life. He needed the faith of his friends to break through. And they did whatever it took to bring their friend to a place of healing and power. And that's the house of God. Their faith led to breakthrough. Now think about this man. He was a paralytic, so he was unable to move. In other words, he was stuck. People get stuck in life, right? And they need our help to break through. Have you guys ever been stuck? We have all been stuck, right? We've all been stuck. But the awesome thing is, is we have an answer, and that's God. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says this. God is able to do much more than we ask or think through his power working in us. Meaning there's no sticky situation that's too stuck that God can't come in with his power and help you to move forward and push into purpose. May we see his shining greatness in the church. May all people in all time honor Christ Jesus. Let it be so. The truth is, is that the enemy is going to want people that are in that place of um, being stuck in that place of feeling impaired and feeling alone and feeling discouraged and feeling fearful and feeling insecure and feeling shame and feeling anger and feeling bitterness, all these things, he is going to do his best he can to isolate them. The enemy does not want them to encounter the church, which is the body of Christ, because when he can, they connect to the body of Christ, then they become part of who God said they're always supposed to be. They come into purpose when they connect to the body of Christ. And the Bible says that when one hurts, we all hurt. So when one's hurting and we're the body, then we all hurt. And we're all going to make sure that that one person gets freedom. Because we love them enough for them to get freedom. So you guys have a card right here. It was on your seat. Do you guys see it? Can you guys take it out? Would you look at it? It says, let's go. It says, let's go. Here's an easy way for us to help our friends that are stuck or our loved ones. Same thing, right? Friends, family. Friends become family. It's like that. Here's a card. I want you guys to think about three people in your life right now 
that are struggling. Maybe they're hurting. Maybe they're stuck. Maybe you see them and there's a lot of not wholeness in them. They're broken. There's things missing in their lives. And you know that the answer is Jesus and they need Jesus. Can you guys think about those people and can you write their names on this card? If you don't have a pen, you can write it on your phone. (laughs) Think about three people. And then we're going to pray for them in a few minutes. So faith brings the connection Sorry, friends bring the connection, faith brings the breakthrough, and forgiveness brings the transformation. Finally, notice how Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all who were amazed and glorified God, so that all were amazed and glorified God. So this isn't the story of God healing a paralytic only. The biggest thing is this is the story of God forgiving him and healing him. God doesn't just want to heal our outward condition. God's primary purpose is to heal the inward man, to heal our soul. And so this story is about the soul and forgiveness. And we've all been there. We've all needed. And we, you know what? Honestly, we still do every day need God's forgiveness. Because every day we probably mess up with a thought or, or a word that came out that wasn't very nice or whatever it is. And, and so this man was forgiven just as he was healed. And the same God who forgives you and your friends heals you and your friends. He's a healer. The Bible says in Psalm 103.3, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Listen to this. James 5.14 and 15, it says, are you sick? Call the church leaders together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the master. Believing prayer will heal you. And if you've sinned, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. Forgiveness is powerful, and when God forgives, he does this. This is when I read this in the Bible, I was like, man, this is, this is good, because <laughs> the Bible's good. It says forgiveness is this. It removes guilt. It nullifies sin's penalty, because there's a penalty for sin, and it assigns righteousness to us. It means he takes that which has been held as bound for so long or has held our friends bound for so long and he removes the guilt and the shame from it. And he says, I'm taking it and I'm going to heal you of that guilt and that shame. And then I'm going to say, and then I'm going to draw a line and I'm going to say, yes, he or she did this, but there's no penalty for them because I went to the cross for this very reason. He's going to nullify sin's penalty. And then he's going to, he, then he's going to uh, assign righteousness to us, saying this is who they are. This is how I see them, because of the blood of Jesus. Forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is what we need. Forgiveness heals our souls. And a healed soul will experience the greatest joy and miracle of all, which is eternal life in Christ. Amen? That's the goal, guys. Like, God never promised us that it was going to be easy here on earth. Never. He promised us that he would give us grace and that he would carry carry the burden and that he would give us the grace to do the things that we're going to do. But he never promised us a perfect life. Even when he said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
He wasn't talking about a physical rest. He was saying, I will give you rest on the inside. But it didn't mean that we were going to have the perfect life. And the truth also is this. I've seen people sick. And I've seen people die. And I've been at people's deathbeds. And I prayed and I prayed, God, heal them. And God, when, when they did not get healed physically, it hurt me on the inside because I believed and I prayed. And I said, God, you are a God who is a healer. You were, you be, by your stripes, they were healed. You were Jehovah Jireh. You said, you said that I would heal them. And this is what God showed me one day when a good friend of mine, Sarah, passed away. She was only 33 years old. She was a single mom. And she ended up getting cancer. And it was hard when she died. And I remember when I was writing her eulogy, God showed me something that was so beautiful. And he said, even though her body was wasting away, I was healing her on the inside. And he did. He healed her heart. And that is what God wants right now. He wants to see every person with a healed heart. Every person to not have to deal with the wounds that have been caused in us by other people, even by ourselves sometimes. Even by ourselves sometimes. God promises that he will heal those areas because he is the healer. And by his stripes, we are healed and we can be made whole and we can live a life with joy and peace and purpose and all of these things because he went to the cross for that very reason. So God wants to forgive. And this is what's so cool about eternal life. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, you guys got me crying in here. It says this. I love this verse too. The Bible's so good. Okay. It says, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. Not a day goes by. Not a day goes by without the grace of God. When he heals us on the inside, we experience a grace that gets us through the day. We experience the grace that we need to get us through the day. These hard times are small potatoes (laughs) compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, but gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see will last forever. Can you guys just do me a favor and just bow your heads, close your eyes. This is the miracle that I want to talk about in this room for anyone who hasn't experienced the healing that only Jesus can bring. That inward healing. There's people in this room right now I know and you're tired and you don't know why but it seems like nothing in life goes right. And it seems like you try and you try and you try and it only seems like things get worse and worse and worse. But Jesus is the answer. And he wants to come in and he wants to bring peace to your inside. 
so that no matter what happens around you, that he is giving you a peace to progress and to move forward. And he's giving you a joy that only he can give. So if there's anyone in this room right now that's saying, you know what, I'm tired. And I just want to experience this healing that only Jesus can bring to the inside of me. This healing to my soul. If that's you, can you just raise your hand so I can just see? He saw you. He sees you. Every day he sees you. And he was waiting just for you to say, come on in and help me. Lord, I thank you for, I'm going to pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you for every person, Lord God, who is just looking for rest. And God, I thank you that you are the God of rest, that you are our provider, Lord God, that you are our healer. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, that that you are going to do a supernatural work in their lives, Father, as they give their lives to you, as they confess that you are their Lord. I thank you, God, for forgiving their sins and for bringing wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, Each of us is called to make an eternal difference in someone's life. Every one of us in this room. And there's people that God strategically places all around you. And if let's just take a minute and let's just pray for these cards that we wrote on, okay? Let's pray for these people because imagine this, if we pray for them every time you, we come together every time you're in your life group or whatever it is and you take this card and you say I'm believing for these three people I promise you that your prayers will not go unanswered that God is faithful and that he is doing a work for every prayer that you pray he is doing a work that you cannot see and you're going to see the return of every word that goes forth on behalf of those people so let's take our cards because we're going to pray you guys have them? show me your card show me your card do I oh names I want to see the names <laughs> it's okay. I know you guys have it in your heart. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every person that has his name is on this card. And we declare, Lord God, that your goodness is going to overflood them, Father. We pray, Lord God, that you, by your spirit, Lord, that you would draw them unto you, God. And we pray, Lord God, that you would soften their heart to a point so that when they hear the message of the gospel, that they would receive you as their personal Lord and Savior, God. I pray for every person in this room that you would give them boldness and confidence, Lord God, to invite someone next to them, Lord God, that they know needs you. I pray that you would open up those conversations where they would have the the courage and the boldness to give the invitation, that you would make it known. They would know this is the moment. This is when I'm supposed to say, come with me to the house of the Lord. God, we just thank you right now for these people. We thank you and we bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. We're going to get into worship. Before we do that, we're going to...